Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg. With your host, psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark and co-host Debbie Nash, Living Well with Dr. Peg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics. Brought to you by SSI Guardian, Living Well with Dr. Peg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well. To learn more about the show or Dr. Peg's mental health consulting and publishing services, visit drpegradio.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Hello, listeners. I'm psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, here with my co-host, Debbie Nash, Minister of the Gospel and founder of D. Nash Accounting and Tax Services, Incorporated. We're so blessed to be here with you today for this episode of Living Well with Dr. Pegg. Living Well with Dr. Pegg is brought to you by our sponsor, SSI Guardian. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based, and professional organizations. Debbie and I are here every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 KRKS, broadcasting from Aurora, Colorado, and streaming online around the world at 947krks.com. And you can also listen from your smartphone using the KRKS app. Debbie Nash, how are you today? Are you living well? I'm living well, Peg. (laughs) Great to be here and so excited to be with our listeners today. Thank you for joining us. Yes, yes. Well, we're celebrating fathers this weekend, and so it's, Uh of course, time to buy that ugly tie and (laughs) take dad out for breakfast and let him watch sports all day long. Right. Am I stereotyping there? Uh, oh, right, right. <laughs> and I, my experience celebrating dads is kind of a little bit limited. I never really had a close relationship mm-hmm. with my father. And my parents divorced when I was 12. And uh, we did visit with my dad regularly after that, but we never were close. And, in mm-hmm. fact, uh, I was, in fact, afraid of him. He wasn't always very nice uh, at times. And mm-hmm. he's gone now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there there really is that loss there. And I'm sure many of our listeners are probably in that same position. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, it's a vast span, isn't it, Peg, where we have listeners that may have had great, uh, wonderful, yeah. cherish and cherishing memories uh, and real live uh, life experiences with wonderful fathers and then there's a, a good mass of people that actually had the same type of experience as you and have, as I have had. Yeah, so the whole range, people who have mm-hmm. wonderful mm-hmm. fathers who are still with them and they still have a close, healthy relationship yes. with them, or even if they have passed away, they have, as you said, wonderful memories and, and really had their dad so into their lives. And then on the other end of the spectrum, uh, we have people who may mm-hmm. even have been abused by their fathers right. or didn't know their fathers at all or were abandoned or neglected by right. their fathers and, and really everything in between. Uh, mm-hmm. What was your relationship like uh, with your dad growing well, up? Well, you know, I came from um, a, a dysfunctional family system. Mm-hmm. And in that dysfunctional family system, unfortunately, my father was a pedophile. Mm-hmm. And I'm certainly not trying to trigger any of our listeners if they've had issues of sexual abuse and so forth. But I am very open and honest about um, my childhood and um, that life experience. And it left um, marks on my life that I have actually, here I am 53, 
and still working through mm. issues um, based on those early years. Mm-hmm. Well, the good news is you are still here. That's right. <laughs> and that you are still working through those right. issues that, that implies there's hope and healing yes. in your life. Yes, and, um, you know, I have to say, not to over-spiritualize anything by any means, but my relationship with Jesus Christ, he I call him now fondly my North Star, <laughs> um, you know, in a reco- being a recovering, recovered, uh, codependent, um, in which we'll talk about later, I look to Jesus Christ um, as being my father figure. I look to him, um, you know, Father God as being that this is what uh, a true father looks like. Mm-hmm. And we, when we really start thinking about God as our, not only just our heavenly father in mm-hmm. terms of a label and how sometimes people pray almost in a very rote fashion mm-hmm. and even religious mm-hmm. fashion, calling him Father God. Mm-hmm. But when we truly embrace him, truly as a father, mm-hmm. as our father, and have that relationship with him through Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. it really there's really a lot of healing that can come from that. It can. And, and for folks like uh, individuals like me that came from a home of sexual abuse, and um, there was a lot of pedophilia in my family, unfortunately. There were my uh, mother had a cousin, my father um, it, it just, you know, I have cousins that are pedophiles. It, it's just one of those um, horrific transgenerational mm-hmm. sin curses that has followed in my family uh, lineage. Um, but, but I want to say to folks, that's why there's people like me um, who step out and say no more. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the hard work. I'm going to do a lot of hard healing and the healing process peg has spanned over my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I was sexually abused uh, starting from five years old moving forward. And um, others in my family were abused, but that's their story to tell. Um, but that healing cycle, it wasn't a perfect story. That healing journey has in no way been a, a, a perfect story. And in fact, as much as I was in love with God, and as a child, I remember being in love with him. That was him putting his mark on me. Mm. I had a arm's length relationship with him, Father God, because it was the same relationship I had with my father trying to avoid abuse. Mm. So, you know, it was interesting that I was cool with Jesus (laughs) and um, like a brother um, and my little brother, very endeared. I have a bigger brother. I have a, a bigger sister. Um, my little brother is, uh, passed away two years ago. Um, but that endearing relationship, I think, put a seed in my heart that I could have somewhat of a relationship with my Lord and Savior. Mm. But there was one time, um, God said to me, Deb, you know, you control our relationship. Wow. Say more. What, what do yeah. You mean by that? Isn't that interesting? He said, um, because I had, um, such disorders with perfectionism, codependency, mm-hmm. and one of uh, you and I did some work around this once, Peg. Remember when we did that work about me being in high alert? Mm-hmm. I said, wow, this was like some years ago. Um, and I said, Peg, it's like I see the Lord showing me I'm a I'm a car that's in park and yet my my motor is running at high idle, like the foot is on the gas. And you and I did some work around that. And it was an epiphany. Um, that Peg shared with me and actually started some healing in that regard that I was always on high alert. Mm -hmm. I was always on high alert in my home because I always had to know where my father was because I never knew when 
um, he would act out right. that horrific thing. So I did that with Father God. Mm-hmm. I kept him at a distance. And when he said, you know, you control our relationship, he's like, Deb, when you think you've been good, you're okay to come to me. When you think you've been bad, mm-hmm. you don't. Um, plus, you keep this arm's length relationship with me. And I said, you know what, God, I don't know how to change that because it was such a deep uh, subconscious psychological um, painful experience in my childhood that became one of my um, coping strategies right. and protection methods. Yeah. You know, there's a, a book title called uh, How You Do Anything is How You Do Everything. Mm. And so mm-hmm. I, I really kind of live by that <laughs> that slogan that uh, you said it exactly, that you develop some survival mechanisms, right. not even just coping, right. but probably survival mechanisms that preserved your life and your sanity right. um, to be here today to talk about this mm-hmm. that became um, habits and, like you said, coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And so how you do anything is how you do everything. That's and so if that's how you interacted with your natural dad, it makes sense that that's how you would approach uh, God the Father. And so for our listeners, um, Peg, I just really want to encourage them. So if you're in the middle of your healing cycle, whether it was sexual abuse or living in a, a family of anger, mm-hmm. dysfunction, I mean, come on, we all come from Adam. Mm-hmm. Do you have a belly button? That's you right. come from a dysfunctional family. <laughs> that's that's the sin nature. Um, but unfortunately, there are transgenerational cycles that um, dysfunction can sometimes just be enveloped in the mm-hmm. entire family system, whether it's enmeshment, differentiation, whatever all of that is. The issue is we transfer that. You're you're just so right. We transfer that up to our relationship with God. And I want to encourage our listeners, if that's your case, I want to give you a secret. He knows. <laughs> he knows. He's not judging you. He's not criticizing you. What is he doing? The father of love is drawing you into him so that he can bring that necessary healing. And, and you know, don't stop there. Uh, listeners, don't stop there. Get professional help. It is the best investment. Find a good psychotherapist, a good coach, a good life coach that can help you walk through that. Because as much as we want to spiritualize, we, can, we have to be careful about over-spiritualizing. And I thank God for my relationship with him because the spiritual side of it kept me going, Peg. Mm-hmm. But there's the application side. There was my soul to deal with. Folks, I'm 53, and I am still in recovery. I am still growing and developing and finding out my true core self. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you're raising so many good points that we're going to explore Mm -hmm. over the course of the program today. Um, You're talking about um, abuse and Mm -hmm. wounding at Mm -hmm. the hands of a father who's Mm -hmm. supposed to love you and protect you. And we'll talk about some of those essential roles that Mm -hmm. dads should play and many dads do thank god praise god God for them right and so we see though the damage that can be done when we're we're not when we are walking out our sin nature as you said Uh, but there is hope there is healing and you're Mm -hmm. a living testimony of that that you're still alive and well Mm -hmm. and working working through um your healing and recovery um you know in my experience growing up with my dad and probably for everyone, there are good times and bad times. And, mm-hmm. and that's often what's so confusing for children is that you might be in an abusive home or an mm-hmm. alcoholic home or a neglectful home. And yet there are still times mm-hmm. when we have good times with dad. 
And so for mm-hmm. those of those of our listeners who had um, healthy relationships with their fathers, I'm sure they can remember lots right. of good times. And even those of us who had less than optimal relationships right. with our fathers had some good times. I can remember growing up in New York, we had Nathan's. <laughs> and my dad used to take us uh-huh. to Nathan's and buy us a hot dog. I was going to say, isn't that the yeah, hot dog? Right. And give us, you know, quarters right. to play in the arcade. And those are some fun right. memories. Or even as a little girl, Falling asleep watching television and right. my dad carrying me up the stairs and tucking yes. me in. Those are really fond memories. Or um, my dad was a very wise man. Uh, one of the things he uh, shared with me over the years that stuck with me, he used to say, a smile doesn't cost you anything, but it could win you the world. Wow. So he had little pearls of wisdom right. like that. And I'm sure we all can remember mm-hmm. those those mm-hmm. Um, positive things and, and experiences that we've all had with our fathers. Well, you're listening to Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host and friend, Debbie Nash. Our topic today is healing for the fatherless. We're going to take a break to hear from our sponsor, SSI Guardian. And when we come back, we'll talk more about dads and how important they are in the development of their children. Don't go away. Stay tuned, listeners. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to guardianprotect.com. That's guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Welcome back, everyone. I'm psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark here with my co-host Debbie Nash, and you're listening to Living Well with Dr. Peg. And our topic today is healing for the fatherless. And you know, Deb, it's it's a little painful for me to think of myself as actually mm-hmm. fatherless. My mm-hmm. dad passed away. and uh, But even when he was alive, I didn't feel like I had a, a close relationship mm-hmm. with him. And, and there, there was a void at that time and certainly still is a void today um, when you don't have your natural father in your life in a healthy way. Um, what are some of the reasons why there's that void there? What are the essential tasks and those important roles Mm -hmm. that dads play in our lives. Well, we know in early childhood development, and you're more of an expert in this, certainly Peg, than I am, but our parents are our God. Mm. We um, actually derive our identities from our parents. And then Mm. when we start in a healthy way, you know, the separation um, side of that in a healthy way, But when you come from a family system where your parents don't even know who they are or they came from dysfunctional family systems, both my parents came from dysfunctional family Mm -hmm. systems. And it's just interesting that that father who looks in the eyes of that daughter 
is affirming her, even though she is a baby, a toddler, a young, young girl, he is affirming her as a female, as a woman. He is helping her to identify with herself mm. as the first most important man in her life. Right. And so you, you use that word identity and mm-hmm. immediately what came to mind were scriptures like Jesus said, you know, whatever I see my father doing, uh-huh. that's what I do. Right. Or, um, you know, God himself said, you know, we'll make man in our image. That's and right. so in terms of our identity and what we should look like, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of imprinted on us to look to our father mm-hmm. for our actual identity. Yeah, and I was going to say that, that, you know, think of the master designer, um, our creator, um, and how he created the nucleus of the human being. He created the man. He created the woman. From that comes the children. And the man and the woman then are pouring into the children based on these principles of our creator. Unfortunately, with the fall of sin, that changed everything. But I, I love the fact that there's so many beautiful ministries, there's beautiful counseling centers, all these different um, types of entities that just because we came from all that dysfunction doesn't mean we have to stay there. Mm-hmm. Look to healthy families. Look to healthy father figures. If you're a father and you came from dysfunction and you don't know how to be a good father, Find someone who is. Right. And Get should, a mentor. Should I turn on the television for those examples? Well, <laughs> let's talk about that. No. <laughs> one of the things I've noticed a trend in our culture mm-hmm. that gets reflected a lot in television, mm-hmm. and not, I don't see it as much in movies, but primarily mm-hmm. television, primarily sitcoms, mm-hmm. which I don't watch for this reason, mm-hmm. dad is always portrayed as yep. the buffoon, the And it drives idiot. me crazy. In um, uh, movies that are coming out, and I've, you know what, I'm glad you bring that up, Peg, because I want to say to you fathers listen that's not who you are and it's um our fallen sinful society it is it is literally the father of lies trying to tell these men you're not a leader you are a buffoon and these domineering women trying to you know oh look who's in control it's the women there's a particular sitcom that i actually enjoyed watching and i can't watch it um it wasn't anything that was immoral um but that's what they do mm-hmm. the woman is oh look at her superior and then here's the man always making these bumbling they're right. laughing at him right he's always the fool and well and you might say the the mother or wife is in control in these in mm-hmm. these plots but mm-hmm. we also see the children out the of children as well, i think right? we're talking about the same show because <laughs> well, it's, it's a great it's comedy it's every right. show I right think. right right so identity that's one of the mm-hmm. real important roles that a dad can play in his daughter or son son's life is to help them see themselves reflected and see themselves as God created them and as God sees them. What are some other important uh, functions or roles that you see dads playing Um, in the development of children? Exactly. uh, Setting um, healthy boundaries. Mm. You know, our parents help us to understand what boundaries are. And when you have such a violation like I did, where boundaries Mm. were violated at the deepest core of its roots, then I grew up boundaryless, and mm. I'm still working on boundaries. And, you know, that's something that a, a father definitely can say. Let me teach you boundaries because I'm going to be a safe being mm-hmm. to be around you, which is a boundary that's being enacted. Right. And we'll talk more about the, mm-hmm. the effects of having those boundaries mm-hmm. violated. But that also kind of speaks to the role of a dad as a protector. Uh, for the family, a covering for his wife and for his family, that he's the gate (laughs) that any any enemy has to come come through to get to his family. That's right. And when the and when the gate is broken and for some fathers, because they didn't have a father, 
or maybe they had an abusive father, alcoholic father. Maybe they were sexually abused. What all of those horrific things that can happen that imprint into our being mm-hmm. and ourself. Um, you know, just that awareness of understanding. Wait a minute, am I keeping a door wide open mm-hmm. for that same spirit to come through that I'm actually acting out? And how can I improve? How can I shut that door? Mm-hmm. So so important. And I think in general, that's one one important role of parents, both mothers and fathers, is around boundaries and helping helping children realize what their limits are and what's healthy. What's mm-hmm. you know, God God is a God of boundaries, mm-hmm. and it's always for our good mm-hmm. and our protection. So again, we see that mirrored in our natural parents and specifically our fathers. Mm-hmm. What about the role of provider in terms of um, mm-hmm. the essential tasks and roles that dads play in, in their children's lives? And you know, that's funny because we can come from the type of uh, dysfunctional family system that I came in, but I had a meal on my table, mm-hmm. uh, you know, every meal, every meal. There was a meal on that table. My mother prepared dinners every night. We had food on our table. My father was in the military, so you know we did not make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But we had a, a house. We had a roof over our head. So in the provision sector, we didn't mm-hmm. have a lot, but we had that provision. And fathers who are willing to get up, and God bless you for these men who get up day in and day out, may not even be happy in their jobs, but they are providing for their um, children and their wives or if they're single parents. Here's the thing, though. For a child, that sets a whole tone of security Mm -hmm. because if you don't have provision, and I've worked with individuals where they never knew where their next meal was coming from. They never knew if they were going to get to eat or not. They never knew what was going to happen and the insecurity that they lived with based on that and the fear. Yeah. Now, think of a child who's, you know, at home not knowing, am I going to eat today? Because they don't have a provider. Or even are, is the electricity going to be shut off? Or right. the water be shut off? Will we have heat? Yes, yeah. that's exactly right. And that can, that can be just an impact. So fathers, and um, for those of you that did not have that in your home, that type of security, God bless you. And, and just seek out that healing. Seek out because our Father God is our provider. He mm-hmm. tells us, is it what, Luke 12, he says, Ask anything, and I will take care of you. Look, I'm going to take care of your needs. And so it spawned within me a deep fear. Even though we had provision, Peg, there were other areas that I was constantly fearful and and had anxiety around. Am I going to get this today? Mm -hmm. Is this going to happen? You know? Yeah. And I think a lot of men take pride in being a provider, and, and understandably so. And we still have to have a balance with, I think, another critical essential role or task of a dad is that nurturer. And we yes. tend to think of moms when we think of nurturing. Yes. We think of moms. But I think that it's critically important as well for fathers to be nurturing. And many dads kind of mm-hmm. take on their identity as I'm the provider. Mm-hmm. You should know I love you because you had that roof over That's your head. Right. That's the old school right. dad, right? It is. You had him. Did you have clothes on your back? Did you have food on the uh-huh. table? Was there a roof over your head? It doesn't matter. I mm-hmm. never told you I love you. You should have known because I right. provided for you. How important is it to have that balance, especially coming from your experience mm-hmm. where that boundary was, mm-hmm. was crossed? Talk about uh, the role of a dad as a nurturer. You know, how important is that? Unfortunately, I don't have that experience. So, but looking back, I can say, oh, my gosh, let's take away my father um, and his pedophilia. Let's take that away. He um, had personality disorder issues. Um, You know, he would be in a bad mood for three days at a time. And us kids would know, don't approach Mm. dad. He's in his green chair in that stair. No kidding. And so 
that nurturing side, I sometimes fantasize about it. And sometimes I think, gosh, what would that have been? That would have been food to my soul, Mm. nurturing, caring. That would have set a standard in me that would have said, this is my standard of how I am going to be treated. So if my standard was set of how I am going to be treated by my father's standard, look at, you know, I I, I literally had a lifetime of struggle with that because of that issue. Yeah, so that that lack of that nurturing uh, kind of imprints on you, this is what you expect from a male figure in your life. That's right. The one who should have been more nurturing and loving. That's right. That was missing. And so that takes us right into, you know, two other roles of our of our natural fathers mm-hmm. is they really set an example and point us towards our heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And as well, whether we're a boy or a girl, they set that example and standard for a husband, mm-hmm. whether it's a young boy mm-hmm. who's looking at his dad to see this is what it looks like to be a, a loving husband right. who yes, provides protects and is also nurturing. Mm-hmm. And certainly for us as, as girls, we look to our dads to see what we can expect in a husband. Yep. So if they're, not even there, if they're absent, right. that's one thing. But when they're present, but dysfunctional or mm-hmm. wounding or even abusive, mm-hmm. that really does affect what we can expect mm-hmm. from our future husband, doesn't it? And our self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And our self-esteem. And, you know, I just want to give hope to our listeners again, if that is something that you haven't dealt with. If I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 80 years old. Um, there's healing and there's hope. Mm-hmm. And those voids that it leaves in our life, our Father God, you know, the Father of love, is drawing us into himself to show us this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And again, find some healthy men. Find some healthy men that can model that to you. Right. That can be a mentor to you. That's right. Uh, that you can seek out intentionally. And we'll talk about that mm-hmm. later in the program. Mm-hmm. Seeking them out intentionally. Um, as a father figure mentor in mm-hmm. your life, just to, to have that natural, through a natural person, the love of God that mm-hmm. you can receive and embrace. Well, this is such good information, Deb. Uh, listeners, this is Living Well with Dr. Pegg, brought to you by SSI Guardian, who set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. President Obama says climate change is the biggest threat to U.S. national parks. The president and his family spending the weekend at Yosemite after touring an underground cave yesterday at Carlsbad Caverns National Park in New Mexico. More than 100 protesters have formed a human blockade on tracks in Vancouver, Washington, as a response to the June 3rd fiery oil train derailment along the Columbia River on the Oregon side. Some members of the Fossil Fuel Resistance Network are holding signs that say ban the bomb train. Belgian authorities charged three men with terror-related crimes after detaining 40 people for questioning. The rest of those rounded up during two days of raids were let go. Federal prosecutor's office has said that a major terrorism investigation had determined a violent attack was likely being planned for the near future. This is SRN News. Hi, I'm Alan Davis with Signs of Change, the Godly Sign Show, every Saturday at 4.30 on KRKS 94.7 FM. The Signs of Change brings great local business leaders to, to you like Krista Judd, who will help you gain financial independence, David Towson, who will teach you how to travel the world, and Dave Pavick of Catholic Charities, who will teach you the joy of giving. And make sure you join us for Signs of Change, the Godly Sign Show on KRKS. The Godly Sign with Alan Davis, Saturday afternoons at 4.30 on 94.7 KRKS. You've heard heaven. 
is coming, but you may not have heard the whole story. Heaven Fest is the largest Christian evangelistic event in the seven-state Rocky Mountain region. Their heart is to transform lives through the message of the gospel and to reach the most underserved market in the church, the 20 to 30-year-old young adult. Heaven Fest is looking for kingdom-minded people just like you to make a lifelong impact. Get your tickets today at heavenfest.com and learn how you can get involved to help transform a generation. Heaven Fest, presented by Life of Valor. Visit heavenfest.com now. Two of the greatest concerns that most Americans have, especially as they grow older, are their health and their financial well-being. America's Wellness Clinic is dedicated to providing sensible health care solutions and practical wealth-building strategies. Medicare's annual wellness visit is the flagship of the clinic's health-related services. They pay 100% for the visit with zero copay. America's Wellness Clinic also offers Beamer technology, an application that boosts circulation, regenerative abilities for injuries, and increases mental acuity. And America's Wellness Clinic provides a simple test that reveals which prescription drugs will work best for you. And what about your financial well-being? America's Wellness Clinic provides continuous seminars and information about reverse mortgages, insurance, tax and estate planning, long-term care, housing transitions, and alternative investments. Let America's Wellness Clinic provide you with sensible health and wealth solutions. Call 303-985-4604 or visit them online at americaswellnessclinic.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back, everyone. I'm psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, here with my co-host and good friend Debbie Nash, and you're listening to Living Well with Dr. Peg. Today, our topic is Healing for the Fatherless. And before the break, we were discussing some of the important roles a father has in the lives of his children Mm -hmm. and how they impact a child's development. Uh, He's their sense of identity, that first kind of reflection of who they really are. He's their protector, provider, and importantly, a nurturer, even Mm -hmm. though that may fly in the face of some of the common stereotypes Mm -hmm. about machismo and and what a man should be. But we know that our natural father, when he's present, and even by implication when he's absent, points us to our heavenly father, Mm -hmm. really sets that model for what what how we perceive our heavenly father whether that's accurate or not Um, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately it's often a a distorted picture of our heavenly father we also know that um that our natural father can set that standard or be the plumb line the you know measuring stick for what a husband should be Mm -hmm. for a young boy looking at his dad and figuring out what his role will be as a future husband Mm -hmm. and for girls obviously uh, we can relate to that as women um, this kind of sets, sets the standard mm-hmm. for what we're looking for in a husband. Um, and so there's really no way around it, is there, Deb? Dads are just right. critically important they are. for boys and girls. They are. And, uh, and you know, as you were saying that, Peg, I'm thinking, and if if they're married, let's say the couple is married, how you treat your wife, your daughter is mm. watching that, and your daughter is observing, and she is taking, whether she wants to or not, subconscious notes that are going to go with her throughout her entire mm-hmm. adult life. And so fathers, how it's not just how you're treating your daughters directly, 
How you treat your wife, how you respect your wife, how you love your wife, you are setting a standard for that daughter to pick that kind of man for herself. Right. And even just observing her mom, like you said, subconsciously, Mm -hmm. she's Mm -hmm. learning, okay, I'm going to have to be okay with this because mom Mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be upset by that. Uh And just kind of setting those expectations. I heard a quote years ago uh, that went something like this. uh, The most important thing a man can do for his children is love their mother. And so when we right. think about the order of, of a family and a household, it's God first and the husband and wife and then the children. And then and the children. We talked about sometimes in the media that gets all flipped on its head and it upside down and backwards. But mm-hmm. um, parents, both parents, mother and father, are setting an example for their children. They are. And that, that relationship between mother and father, and, and it's not to say for all of our uh, listeners who are single parents Um, You know, it's not to say that you cannot be a good parent because you can, but if you are a single parent and you have, um, you know, a son at home, a daughter at home, and that is without a father, then perhaps you can seek out a safe individual that could be a mentor, a connection, whether it's a family member or in your church or in an organization that can be that connection for that uh, fatherless child yeah and that's an excellent excellent comment and observation and suggestion because there are so many single parents out there single fathers and single mothers mothers. that's right and you'll hear all the time Mm -hmm. um, you know you'll hear speeches by prominent people who were raised by single mothers how they just credit their Mm -hmm. mother and they'll often say she was both mother and father right and i respect that sentiment and at the same time, you'll you'll also hear those same people talk about, you know, I didn't really know what it meant to be a man. Mm-hmm. And my mom was the greatest. Mm-hmm. She was wonderful. And yet I was still missing something. Mm-hmm. And so I think your advice is excellent when you're a single parent, whether you're a single father or single mother, to find appropriate, healthy adults mm-hmm. of that opposite uh, gender that can yeah. interact with your child. I agree. And... Um, again, that can be sometimes difficult for fathers who may not have custody of their children, mm-hmm. and maybe it's tumultuous between that um, individual, the other parent. And, you know, just love your children. Fathers, mm-hmm. love your children. <laughs> the Bible tells us that. <laughs> oh, my God. It does. And it says don't provoke them. Mm-hmm. Don't provoke your children to wrath. You know, so it's just interesting, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. So, you know, we just want to admonish fathers. Today's a new day. And um, let's just go with as being a father. Today's a day that you can make a decision to say, I am going to make some changes. I want to be that nurturer. I want Mm -hmm. to be that provider. I don't care what yesterday was. I don't care what the previous um, 10 years were. Today's a new day. Yes. You can be a good father. And making that decision, again, as you've suggested, find someone in the natural who's a good role That's model right. example. But I've also heard men say, I studied the Bible and I studied God. Right. <laughs> and that was my role model right. for how to be a man, how right. to be a father. And we can get revelation from the Lord. That's we can right. pray and ask him to show us. We can. Um, excellent. Uh, so when, when we're thinking about um, fathers and daughters mm-hmm. and fathers and sons mm-hmm. and and mothers and fathers and parents, mm-hmm. there's also step-parents in there that are. mix. There yep. are there are um, children who've been adopted by right. their father. They never knew their natural father. Talk a little bit about that because you have a, mm-hmm. some experience in terms of step-fathers and mm-hmm. being a step-parent mm-hmm. yourself. 
when um, my parents divorced, I was 14, and then my mother, when she remarried, um, they were married until my stepdad, Don, love you, Don, mm-hmm. passed away um, in May last year. Mm-hmm. And so he became an integral part of my life. And, um, you know, but he adopted, should I say, when he took us on, because I have a um, stepbrother that he was still raising that was at home. So, um, you know, he took on a very broken um, set of children and young people. And I was, what, 15 when they got married. And so I'm sure that was difficult for my stepdad. He he used to say, kid, he was a big old country man. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd say, kid, I, I was kind of afraid of you mm-hmm. because, see, he knew what my history was, and he was so afraid, am I going to damage her, am I going to hurt her? But, but I what a what a compassionate place. What a compassionate <laughs> place. From, yeah. That's right. And he was like, kid, I, I was just, I just didn't know. And so I appreciate that. God allowed a safe man because my um, I call him Pops. Pops was safe for me. Um, I had my own barriers. I had my intimacy barriers, so I could never get really close. But that was issues I was working through. But I appreciated his step parenting and mm-hmm. stepping in like that. Yeah, and you bring up an important topic in terms of gender mm-hmm. uh, relating to fathers, fathers relating to their daughters, and. Fathers may be very cuddly and, you know, like to roughhouse and all that with their daughters. But I've heard from a lot of fathers, and I've observed this, their daughter gets to a certain age, and many fathers all of a sudden become very uncomfortable with their daughter, you know, developing physically. And they go in the opposite of extreme, where they may have been very cuddly and affectionate and playful and roughhousing. Uh Their daughter starts to develop, and they get very nervous yeah. and uncomfortable. Yeah. And so under the best of circumstances, I've seen that happen. And certainly mm-hmm. in a situation such as yours, where coming out of sexual abuse and going mm-hmm. into a step family situation, mm-hmm. understandable why he mm-hmm. might have that reluctance. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want to again encourage fathers, Peg, and maybe you can speak to this. So when our daughters are developing, and yes, she's becoming a woman, but her that puberty time is so vulnerable for her. Oh, my gosh. She really needs her father to speak into her and to tell her, you're okay, you're beautiful, pimples and all, (laughs) you know, body going in wacky directions. You're beautiful. You're safe. So, Peg, how can we help these fathers understand then, okay, we're transitioning into Mm -hmm. that next phase in life. What can they do right. to continue that connection? Well, and they certain sh- certainly shouldn't go cold turkey hugging their right. daughters, kissing their daughters, telling her, I love you, as you said earlier, looking right. into her eyes. Because right. from, from an infant, for her to be able to see her self-reflected back and her value yes. and beauty. So communicating, continuing to communicate that. Certainly, yeah, we can transition with the physical contact and rough housing. We might do more side hugs, but I still right. think dads should embrace their daughters yes. full on and just be appropriate with it. Appropriate. Still give her a, a tight hug and squeeze um, because we know the difference between, yes. you know, a creepy we hug do. and one that's coming from a loving right. place and a safe place. So I really encourage fathers to, to, to continue to show that appropriate physical affection and certainly Fill in the gaps with mm-hmm. your words, mm-hmm. telling your daughter you love her, you're, she's beautiful. And many dads, just as we're seeing the trend with married couples dating again, mm-hmm. many dads are dating their daughters. Mm-hmm. 
and taking them out mm-hmm. and um, having them get dressed up and yes. holding the doors for them and taking them to lovely places yes. or just even if it's not a dress up date just spending time one on one with their daughters mm-hmm. so that their daughter doesn't think something's wrong with her mm-hmm. cuz what's she going to do mm-hmm. when dad all of a sudden is hands off right. and uncomfortable she's going to assume it's something about her something's wrong with her so, so Peg, just, well is it ever are they ever too old and i wonder if we have some fathers and moms out wondering is is the daughter ever too old for that father to take her on that date i don't think what so because do even think about um our wedding day who walks us down the ah, aisle <laughs> good point so we're, that's I right mean, we're, that's still part of our tradition and we know right. that's all just symbolic of our our wedding being you know being married to christ yeah and so just our dad being involved even in that role walking us down the aisle that's the biggest most formal date we'll ever have with our dad you right know? but i certainly you know once we're married and we're one with our husbands i still think there's a place for daddy daughter time i do and and just making sure that you're in tune with your daughter and what are her interests and um, trying to stay connected uh, for those dads who are estranged from their daughters we'll be talking in our in our next segment mm-hmm. about just what do you do to repair the mm-hmm. relationship if you're a dad listening right now and your heart might be breaking mm-hmm. because you are estranged from your daughter what can you do mm-hmm. to reconnect Uh, If you're a daughter who's estranged from her dad and you're longing to Mm -hmm. connect with him as I was with my dad before he passed away, I came to the realization that, well, I'm not a little girl anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm an adult woman. Mm -hmm. If I want a relationship with my dad, uh, I can't wait for him because he Mm -hmm. hasn't yet (laughs) Mm -hmm. made that that move. So what am I going to do? What do I want? Mm -hmm. And so we'll talk about that. Where do we get our healing how do we repair these relationships, whether mm-hmm. we are the adult child now trying to right. connect with a father or our father has already passed away and he's just not available for us to reconcile with? How do we work through that pain mm-hmm. and loss? Or if we are a, a, a father who does have a relationship with his children and especially daughters is what we're focusing on today. How do you keep that going? So we'll talk about that when we return from the break. I'm psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and this is Living Well with Dr. Peg. You're listening to my co-host, Debbie Nash, and we're talking about healing for the fatherless. Uh, We're going to take a break and hear from our sponsor, SSI Guardian, and when we come back, we'll conclude our discussion on healing with the fatherless. Again, I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. You're here with my co-host, Debbie Nash, and you're listening to Living Well with Dr. Peg. Schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional, evidence-based, advanced safety education training program. It's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career. When all else fails, training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident such as an active shooter or active terrorism. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based, advanced training programs tailored to your needs. While there are many basic training programs largely based on opinion and emotion, SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit or CEU issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com.
To learn more about living well with Dr. Pegg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back, everyone. I'm psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, here with my co-host and good friend Debbie Nash. And you're living, you're listening to Living Well with Dr. Pegg. You're living as well. <laughs> Our topic today is healing for the fatherless. And Debbie, we were talking about um, just the relationship between, in particular, fathers and daughters. And as girls start developing and dads mm-hmm. may become a little more uncomfortable with keeping the affection and mm-hmm. all of that good stuff going. Um, and so here we are uh, with many, many listeners who don't have their father with them anymore. Mm-hmm. And so there's still those lingering wounds and, and pain from either abuse or just neglect or just distance and just not having the connection they would have hoped. Or there are many listeners out there who have their fathers with them still today, and they had a great relationship with mm-hmm. their father. There are also fathers listening who may feel that uh, this has kind of stirred up some pain for them or mm-hmm. some sadness that mm-hmm. they're realizing they're not connected with their ch- their children, mm-hmm. at, regardless of whatever age they are, and the impact that that has on their children's well-being and the, on their development and even their choice of a future spouse and their relationships. Um, what can we do mm-hmm. to heal? Um, let's talk about all those different categories. Mm-hmm. If, if you're a dad listening... Um, what can you do to keep the relationship going mm-hmm. with your, your children and in particular your daughters? And, you know, in my own family system, I, you know, had a step parent. And when Dexter and I, my husband of 23 years, when we married, he had two children. I have two children. And so we're both step parents mm-hmm. um, to each other's children, which are now adults. And I have grandchildren, as, you know, the listeners may know from previous shows. Um, just you take that first step. This is the difficult part. Um, when you have an estranged relationship with your daughter, fathers, your daughter still needs you. Now, she may be all walled up and shut up and she <laughs> yeah. may be angry because guess what? She's ha- She has her coping strategies that helped her survive whatever that was because it doesn't always mean that there was direct abuse. It could be absenteeism. Mm. It could have been. What do you mean by that? Absenteeism. Um, workaholic. Mm. Workaholic fathers, you know, um, that were raised old school or that that's all they know. All I know to do is work and come home. Be that provider. And be that provider. And when sit I. Sit in my chair. <laughs> sit in my chair because I've worked all day. My head is full. So I need you guys to leave me alone. No interaction. And so that scars. So you have a father in the home, but not in the home. And that can be very scarring. Mm -hmm. And so I say start somewhere. Start today. Reach out. um, Get some professional help. Find out, even from a coach or a therapist, find out, gosh, I have this estranged relationship. What are some skills I can hone in Mm -hmm. on so that I can reach that daughter that doesn't want to have that relationship Mm -hmm. with me? So taking responsibility, and I'll tell fathers this all the time who are estranged from their children or especially in a divorce situation, Mm -hmm. and it's actually the mother who's keeping the children from the father. Right. And so the the children don't know that the father is desperately trying to connect. I've seen it. And so some of them give up and they go into depression. And Mm -hmm. I always encourage fathers, keep on reaching out to your kids, whether the ex-wife is being a barrier, whether your kids are angry at you because they don't know exactly what happened and they're blaming you for the split up of their family. Keep reaching out, whether it's by text message. And I'm not a big fan of 
texting, right. especially in these kinds of situations when we're talking about feelings and relationships. But this might be the only way a mm-hmm. father can co- stay connected with his child. Mm-hmm. It might be even a matter of writing letters and mailing them or keeping those letters so that one day you could show mm-hmm. your adult child, I never gave up on you. I always mm-hmm. was looking for you and reaching out for you. And here are the letters that I wrote you. Mm-hmm. You know, better yet, if you can actually send those letters. Uh, so mm-hmm. continue reaching out to your kids. Uh, many children who've been wounded, they're going to give you a hard time, like you said, put up right. that wall. And they're testing you. How badly are you willing yep. to fight for me? How vulnerable are you willing to yeah. be? Yeah. And and what an atrocity, Peg. You bring up a good point. Listeners, I hope and pray if you're going through an ugly divorce that that is between you and your ex-spouse. So you got to remember, your ex-spouse is not your father. Your ex-spouse is the father of your children. Mm -hmm. And I've seen too much where those roles become very confused and they the the mother or the father wants to keep those children from that other spouse, not because they've been a poor parent, but because maybe they had an affair. Maybe they're just super Mm -hmm. angry. So it's me and my children. Well, I want to tell the listeners, your children are not his wife. Mm -hmm. Your children are not. Her husband. So we need to be very careful there. That damage in ugly divorces can carry through an entire entire adult life. And how unfair, as you're saying, Peggy, if that father wants to have that relationship. And, and folks, I'm not talking about in my situation mm-hmm. where my father you know, had yeah. he was dangerous. Mm-hmm. He had his disorder. I'm talking about you have a safe man. Maybe you have issues with him, but those children need their father. Exactly. Exactly. So what about what about from the flip side, the children who have been harmed by Mm -hmm. an unhealthy or abusive father Mm -hmm. or just an absent father um, or you in my case, you know, a father who's no longer here for me to have any closure. with? How do we heal? What can we do? What have you done? Mm, Did a lot of um, healing work with the Lord, uh, healing work with some therapists. Um, Currently, I'm seeing a coach right now. I'm seeing a life coach because I really want to just shake off any residues of codependency that I can. And understanding my codependent disorder helps me to understand that was my survival uh, coping mechanism of coming through my dysfunctional childhood. But... You know, you have to take those first steps. And those first steps are what? It can be as simple as sharing your story with someone, um, finding someone that you can trust. But when it's an estrangement with your father, this is interesting because I didn't see my father for 25 years, Peg. Mm. When um, we left and I went to some counseling when I was younger, but it just, it was like going on a brick wall. I wasn't ready for it. I did counseling later. But I didn't see my father again, literally. He never saw my children. I did not see him again until two years ago, a couple of years ago, when my brother, little brother, passed away. And he was invited to the uh, funeral. I had no problem being with the funeral. That's his son. But he was very abusive to my to my uh, brother. Mm-hmm. So lots of mixed emotions. And I rehearsed in my head, and my husband knows this, because I rehearsed in my head over and over and prayed. I fasted for three weeks mm-hmm. prior to going. Wow. Because I wanted the right spirit and the right attitude when I saw him. Because I did not know what that would look like. And I had an opportunity to see him. And and I had an opportunity to be able to say, um, 
wow. He came up to me, and we had like a literally three-minute conversation, and he said, you know, some very kind words, and I was able beautifully with the gift of the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, I release you. Mm. And it was from the heart. And then, Peg, I had to make a decision. Do I want to have a relationship with this individual? And in my situation, it wasn't a healthy choice. It was not wisdom. So I decided no. Right. And there's a difference between having a relationship with someone and yeah. forgiving them or That's releasing right. them. That we can be reconciled with them without necessarily being in their presence. That's you can exactly still honor right. him as your father. That's right. You can forgive him and release him. And that still doesn't mean he's a healthy person for you to be around. That's right. So I honor him because he was the father that gave me life. Mm-hmm. I, because I'm honoring myself. Mm. I have his DNA in me. I'm not ashamed of that. But I do not honor the dishonorable things he did between mm-hmm. us. And and But I do want to say to those of you daughters that you have a father and maybe he was absentee or maybe um, maybe he had a drinking problem when you were growing up and he's sober now and he's trying now. I encourage you, reach out. Have a have a healthy, safe relationship with that father, because if you have a, a father who's willing to have a relationship with you, oh, my gosh, the blessings are just immeasurable. Right. right. And so forgiveness, you know, God, forgiveness. God asks us, commands us to forgive. Right. and He has forgiven us. And one of the things that I think when people rush prematurely into forgiveness is because mm-hmm. they haven't taken a full accounting. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think about, you're an accountant, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, D-Nash Accounting right. and Tax Services right. Incorporated. Uh-huh. Uh, in order to forgive a debt, you have to know the full extent of that debt. And so I think that's the step many people skip. They go straight to the forgiveness because they feel, well, God tells me I have to forgive. But mm-hmm. we have to take a full accounting of that debt. And I mm-hmm. think, as you as you suggested, that may come from opening up to a trusted friend. Mm-hmm. It may require professional counseling, talking with a minister, mm-hmm. um, a spouse, or, or whoever it might be, or even just writing in your journal. And a, a therapeutic technique is writing a letter that you actually never mail. Mm. But it, part of the reason for that is to take a full accounting of the harm that's been done, of, mm-hmm. the, of the wounding, of the damage, of the loss, so that you can, you know what you're forgiving mm-hmm. and can forgive. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, just rushing into forgiving, um, especially, as you said, without, you know, the empowerment mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit uh, who enables us to do that, you're not really going to fully be able to let that that thing go. And I have to say that that, um, that is such a valid point that Peg is bringing up. And guess what? That could take years. Mm, absolutely. Because it's a process. It's a process. And I, I want to encourage our listeners that if you say, but I did that forgiveness work 10 years <laughs> ago and now I'm angry again, <laughs> that's okay. That's part of right. your process. It's am I moving forward? Am I employing the Holy Spirit to help me? <laughs> and, you know, because, quote, unquote, I'm supposed to forgive, you know, come on. We need help with that, every human being. Absolutely. Well, I know for me, when I realized that despite the shortcomings of my natural dad and and my longing for a connection with him, I do have a heavenly father who loves me unconditionally. I'm the apple of his eye. I'm his masterpiece. I'm his special treasure. And he provides for me. He is my provision. He protects me. He nurtures me. He loves me. And that gives me great comfort. Great. And listeners, I just pray that you would turn to your heavenly father as well. Uh, Debbie Nash, my co-host, thank you so much for being with me today in this important uh, conversation, a very Mm -hmm. healing conversation. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. 
This is Living Well with Dr. Pegg. We're here every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 KRKS-FM. In space. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Living Well with Dr. Pegg. Living Well with Dr. Pegg is brought to you by SSI Guardian, who has set the new standard in advanced safety education. If you'd like to learn more about the show, our sponsor, or mental health consulting and publishing services, visit www.drpegradio.com. Remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 KRKS-FM for Living Well with Dr. Pegg.